Good evening, Baller Nation. It's your boys, the Shot Callers, back with another podcast episode. The date is October 8th, 2019. And as always, we are back to talk basketball. As always, I got my boy Richard Gunhawk Bustos on my left. Gun what? Gunhawk. <laughs> oh, okay. Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds cool. Gun-hawk. And on my right, I got Andre Hollywood West. Hollywood. Hollywood. Right, That's a it. good one, man. Hollywood. He gets all the good ones. Big time. Not always. Gunhawk's pretty good. <laughs> Weren't you like yeah. Grave Digger one time? Yeah, no, but I made up that one. I made up the Grave Digger. You were Grave Digger. <laughs> yeah. And there were, yours is another one that was really yeah. good. Um, and we were back, guys. Glad to be with y'all again to talk some basketball hoops. It gets closer and closer to the beginning of the season. And with that, we've got some more NBA news and even some preseason action to talk about. But before we get started, let's talk some social media. What do we got, Rich? Oh, man. As always, follow us on Twitter at Shotcaller Show. Number one way to get in touch with us. Gotten some feedback on the show through our DMs that way. Got some questions cooking up in the pipeline from those DMs as well. Follow us on Instagram. Uh, that is at the underscore Shotcallers. Please email us at Show at gmail.com. And then please, if you can, if you guys are follow, listening to us on Apple Podcasts or if your podcast platform allows for any kind of ratings or reviews, please leave us a review uh, as appropriate as you think we are. Five stars. If you if you like us that much, that'd be awesome. Leave us a rating. It helps other people find the show and makes us more visible and grow our audience, which is what we're trying to do. Yep. And if you're watching us on YouTube right now, leave a comment in the section below. Like, subscribe, share. It's real easy. It takes two seconds and we would really appreciate it. But without further ado, let's move on to some NBA news. What do we got on deck first, Andre? All right. So I guess the hot topic right now is um, Daryl Morey and uh, his comments about standing with Hong Kong and how that affected uh, what's going on in China and the NBA as a whole. So um believe that happened on Daryl Morey made his statement on Saturday morning. It was Saturday. Yeah. It was Saturday morning. Um, and then China comes out and says, well, Pretty, it felt like all of China came out because there's a lot of bots and stuff. <laughs> they came out and said uh, some pretty unkind things, um, pretty much saying that um, I can't believe the Houston Rockets have done something like this or said something like this. Yeah. So, I mean, we're no political experts here, yeah. but Andre did say something about bots. And uh, you're, th- you're saying like not real people. Or yeah, so not- these probably aren't real people. These are definitely um, bots because Chinese people don't actually have access to Twitter over in China. It's actually blocked. Uh, their internet's filtered, so a lot of those are bots. Yeah, from what I understand there. is that they have a massive firewall and mm-hmm. they can't use certain um, yeah their government applications like, over there. I, I they did, have their own version of Twitter. Yeah, right? I, I did once work with a gentleman from China. It was in an exchange uh, program uh, at my first job, and he said, "Here, add me on like secret Facebook," is what he said. Yeah, they weren't right. allowed to have regular Facebook over there. Yeah, so, uh, I think yeah. it's like Weibo or something, something like that. Yeah, Weibo um, is their like Twitter alternative mm-hmm. over there. So pretty weird how you you might think that you know our world is far reaching but the world can be completely different depending on where you're from yeah, yeah. just a simple statement of saying we stand with hong kong can have these kind of impacts um what, what were you gonna say Jamie? well i mean i don't think you have to be a political expert or a political scientist to understand just how what kind of implication this has on a market like the nba because yeah. of just how far reaching it is just you know outside of china it already reaches so many people but china happens to be the, the largest market that right. it reaches um, we see the connection with uh, between like the Rockets in particular, yeah. uh, which makes this even a bigger deal because the Rockets have kind of had that straightforward connection. They're like the, the franchise for China, right? Exactly. And Yao you Ming got Yao Ming is yeah. basically the ambassador of basketball uh, for China. 
Uh, used to play for the Rockets. I mean, and just, he's the he's the well, yeah, he's just like the, you, the president of NBA. Exactly, just to give you yeah. an, an idea of of how far that that market can really carry a team. Even you know, we talk about the implications for the NBA, but I mean, think back to when Linsanity was going on in New York. Right. You know, you have a you have a, a Asian player who's being successful in New York, and he, you know, suddenly there's a bunch of people wearing Knicks jerseys, yeah, right. right? So that just kind of tells you like. And we won't dive too much into it, but what do you guys think? Was that irresponsible to do that, knowing just how big of an impact? Well, that, let me. How sensitive that? I want to talk be? about some of the uh, implications well, yeah. the tweet had because we really didn't go you, into consequences. You said, you, you so, said impact. Yeah, so, so I wanted to tell you say what what the impact might yeah, be. Yeah, so so Daryl Morey made that tweet, and pretty much all of China, uh, all the the TV organizations, the Tencent is one yeah, of the Tencent, organizations yeah. that I understand. Um, they're not showing any more NBA preseason games. Um, Nike removed all. Uh, NBA apparel in China and stuff mm-hmm. over there. So uh, plenty of Chinese businesses have, you know, distanced themselves from the NBA that as of right the, now. Even their like league pass platform or alternative where you yeah. can choose a team to follow throughout the season. If you were a subscriber that chose the Houston Rockets as the team that you wanted to follow, that team was basically eliminated from the roster and you're like, oh, go ahead and choose another team. Feel free. You can swap to the <laughs> Minnesota Timberwolves. If so you nice for like. him to give them that Wait kind of option. So... Oh, they can still watch other teams. Other teams. So they ostracized just the Rockets. Just on that but Rockets. they also said they're not streaming any more NBA preseason oh, games. Since yeah. the yeah, since more developments happened. Yeah. So there was the original development where there was the tweet. Then Tillman Fertitta came out and said the Rockets are not a political organization. Then I think several hours yeah. later, Silver the, the official yeah. well before that one, uh, the official statement from the NBA was that uh, it was unfortunate that uh, you know people had their hurt had feelings hurt. That's not the that's not the idea that the NBA wants to uh, give out or some sort of statement making steaming kind of that way. And then they had a translated statement on the Weibo network that Andre was talking about in, in Mandarin for people that live over there to consume. And then that kind of had a, uh, a negative kind of, um, whose statement was this? This is this the, the NBA. NBA's, official yeah. statement. Okay. So we had an English one and then a Mandarin one. Okay. Gotcha. But it was still on behalf of the NBA, their official right. statement. Yeah. And then, um, I mean, I guess to paraphrase what Adam Silver said is we're not in the censorship game, so we're not well, that, going to dictate. That's, what that's, yeah, he actually had a follow that's up that's today. The next follow up, okay. yeah. So yeah. he was saying it was disappointing what Daryl Morey's uh, effect of his words were. It's kind of what the idea that was gathered from that first statement. There's a lot of backlash to that, and then he came out uh, this morning, pretty much at the Japan games where the Rockets and the Raptors played. And said more and had a really lengthy, I think, really illuminating. It was, press very, it was pretty long. You guys should check it out. We'll drop the link. Yeah, where he was uh, expanding on those ideas and saying, while we may not necessarily uh, see eye to eye in different markets, we're not going to allow another, um, I guess, organization or entity uh, dictate what we do or what we feel. Basically, he was saying, "We'll, we'll do us, and you do you." Is kind of what he was saying. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, the NBA, like we're they're an American organization, and they support free speech. So they're not they're going to empower their players and their employees to speak whatever they say, yeah. even if they don't exactly support what they say. They have their right. Yeah. So I'm um, sure more will unravel as as the time goes on, right? Because we're talking billions and billions of dollars. Yeah, it's maybe a lot there's of money. a compromise. Maybe there's not. I'm interested to see how that goes. I have no idea. I wouldn't even try to guess as to what's going to happen. Well, one thing I was kind of throwing out is like if they if this continues and the NBA isn't shown over there whatsoever, or the Rockets aren't shown over there whatsoever, like that's a that's a huge market, and you can see that uh, you can kind of predict that that could have giant effects. Like the NBA salary cap, fifty one percent of that money of earned income in the NBA goes to the players. Forty nine percent goes to everyone else, like the owners. So let's say I was talking to JV before the podcast started. If the Rockets make the finals, 
and China's not viewing it, that's a big chunk of viewership that's not coming in. There's Revenue a lot of not ads coming that in they're not showing. That they're not showing. Like that. And so the salary cap is made based on projections for that year, based on the viewership and the success. So that could very realistically or something like this could have an effect on the 2021, 2022, 2023 season. We don't know. Salary you know? caps and all that. Yeah. yeah. So. That's going to be yeah. interesting. Yeah. All I'd say is the ball is in China's court right now. NBA, they made it clear what their stance is. So yeah. hopefully everything works yeah. out. Uh, this will wash over in a few months maybe. But yeah. We'll definitely we'll keep you guys posted on our thoughts and any developments as they come. Follow us on Twitter at Shotcaller Show. We'll make sure to retweet any relevant information. Maybe give our thoughts on something we might think is going to happen. But um, yeah, dude, crazy, crazy yeah, to think crazy, that. Crazy political I think stuff. a lot of people were blindsided because of the fact that we feel like you know maybe tolerance has got into a different level, but every culture is different. Uh, but again, like I said, follow us on at Shot Caller Show on Twitter for the latest news on the what do we call this China Gate? No, yeah, no. <laughs> I can't think of a better name for it. I guess you could just go easy and call it the Great Wall. <laughs> like the Great Wall. The firewall is the Great Firewall. The firewall. Oh, okay. That's, the firewall, go. that's so. a good one. That's a good one. Hashtag firewall. Um, but we're gonna move <laughs> on to the it. next uh, next set of news. What's uh, I think we have somebody sign or extend? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry signed yeah. a one year contract extension, taking him off the twenty twenty free agent market. And onto the 2021 free agency market. Just keep this market thinner. is just thin. Yeah, there's no one. Draymond signed his extension. Draymond now you got Kyle Lowry. I think uh, Bradley Beal is the only one left. Yeah. Of note, at least. And we'll see what happens with him. Yeah. It, it kind of makes you wonder what um, what they'll do with other contracts like Marcus Ole that are on the books. If they're going to extend him another year and kind of run the team back without having those questions of like, are they going to blow it up? What's going to happen? I think they're really leaning into the development of their young stars like OG Anunoby and Pascal. And, you know, it's like I said, locking up uh, Lowry one more year. And it is a shorter-term deal. You're like, huh, he's pretty old. Like, wouldn't he want to sign a longer-term one? But if anything, if people are kind of gunning for free agents in 2021 and there's more money to be passed around then, you know, maybe it's better for Lowry that way and better for the Raptors. Somebody might pay him. I think for him it's probably more so like, hey, let me cement my legacy because he's got the title now. So I think most people would would agree that he has a strong case for the the Hall of Fame. Um, So now he just has to have – continued postseason success and what better way to do it than to just like you said run it back yeah. at least get, a retired jersey yeah exactly he'll get a retired jersey there's a chance they make the eastern conference finals guys like they could even very well be back in the finals like it's not clear cut um yes they don't have Kawhi, but these guys could step it up and uh we'll talk a little bit more about each individual team as the as the show goes on but i'm happy for him that he's yeah. you know that he's able to find i mean he talked about this in interviews toronto's his home so it's good to yeah, that he gets to stay home. That was the team that gave him a chance, and it's a good sign of lo- loyalty for Ujiri to, you know, give him that offer. So give him a chance. But Ujiri was trying to blow that team up from the second he got the team. Yeah, you know? he did. He's but like, he's like, I'm trying to. Blow this is the up. reward for him, like doing he's, what he did, especially last yeah. season. He was like, so. I'm trying to start over, but every yeah. year they're so good, I can't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But anyway, I guess hey, he's supposed to everything worked out. They'll so. have success. Yeah. He'll just he'll pat his stats. I feel like be interesting so to see good. what they do going forward. Cool. Um, but do we have anything else? Uh, we did have uh, just a statement coming out of the Oklahoma City camp. It seems like every every week they got some rumors or something. Yeah. So last some, week was Chris Paul. This some, week some speculation. They're saying that Stephen Adams is on the trade block. They're looking for a young player. Some picks, draft assets, and cap relief all in in a trade for Adams and. Uh, what's y'all's general like? You know, without having the numbers right in front of us right now, what is y'all's general, I guess, outlook on Stephen Adams as a player? Like, what do you? What is y'all's opinion of him? And how do you think? What do you think other teams? What What is their opinion of him? Of Stephen Adams? Um, do you think I, he has value? 
So I think for for the way the NBA is set up now, he's not set up for having a ton of offensive success. But he's a perfect, I guess, number four piece in yeah. a in a lineup that has scoring. Doesn't need their big man. To, you don't need any points in the post, basically. So I'll give you an example. Right, he can run the floor. So if you put him in a situation with like Golden State and a lot of people, a lot of team players would be very good in Golden State. But essentially, like he removes the the Achilles heel that they had for a long time yeah, big with, with the rebounding yeah. and the inside. And he's not slow, and he can he's a decent perimeter. He's guard. young too. He's like yeah, what, he, he's 25, 26? Yeah, he can guard the perimeter decently enough. <laughs> yeah, he just looks so. 35. I think yeah. if you find another situation like that, like if suddenly, well, Nurkic is great, so I won't use Portland. But if you can put him somewhere like let's say the trying to think of something else. I mean, what if you put him on the Celtics? Yeah, there they you go. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be like the perfect replacement, probably the only way to improve on, on a Horford type player. It doesn't have quite the offense that a Horford has, but like the problem was that there was too many guys wanting to take shots and he's not going to demand the ball. So yeah. there you go. go, he, go he's like, he, 15, he's like a young Aaron Baines, if, yeah. if anything. Like Aaron Baines, smart system defender, uh, really big body, unselfish, able to, you know, un, not an unwilling passer. Like, you know, he's not a great passer, but unwilling. Uh, he's easy to give up the shot to someone else. Yeah. And really young and super strong. So, yeah. So, it, he, he's the guy who does all the hard stuff, right? Like the rebounder. He sets the screens. You know, he'll he'll give up the shots. I, I wonder if oh, – Good ahead. rim runner. Uh, but I guess the only drawback is a player with that skill set making as much as he's making. He's making a little bit over 25 mil. Um, he'd he? be a perfect – yeah, he'd be a perfect fit they signed on the Lakers. They were really up on the uh, – Gotcha. He'd be a perfect fit on the Lakers, but he makes too much money. So that kind of player with that kind of skill set making that much money is not going to appeal to that many I think that's what Rich is saying. They're just definitely yeah. like – I mean, I think I still think he's worth it compared to a lot oh, of he, other guys. Oh, he's good, but at that – I think he – He got out. that contract when the market for players was kind of flat. It was like during the same Might have been a 2016 his, contract, yeah. yeah. Oh, Barnes okay. got his. Yeah. I, what I'm going to watch for is if the Celtics get off to a really hot start, you know, yeah. and they're thinking, oh, maybe we can challenge. Maybe we can be a top three seed and – we want to get a run at the Easter Conference Finals at either, you know, Milwaukee or the Sixers. They want to uh, short uh, shore up that front line and have mm-hmm. to bang with Embiid or try to stop Giannis. Maybe they do try to go after mm-hmm. somebody that like him. That would be good. You think they could get him? I wonder if they have a space. But that would be a perfect fit for him. Yeah. 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 So. They've got picks. Yeah. But, yeah, he has value to a contending team as long as they have the cap space. Yeah, if uh, Jalen Brown he takes off. a lot off, of trade exceptions. I'm yeah. sure the Celtics are. Jalen Brown takes off. Uh, Jason Tatum takes off. And they feel like uh, Gordon Hayward has like a really good comeback season and they're up on him. But they want to sell on him so high while they can. Yeah. Why not? So. Yeah. Undertake that on I don't think so. Mode? I'm yeah. just spitballing over <laughs> here. <laughs> yeah, I, I said, say, well, I said without ball. the numbers. Hey, we're <laughs> all right. Yeah, we're not going too crazy. Gotcha. But, cool, uh, cool, cool. Awesome. Anything else in the news, Rich? Uh, I think that's I think all. All the major stuff. We have little injury tweaks here or there. Uh, you know, Kevon Looney out with the hamstring. Yeah. Kelly Oubre Jr. out with the right knee tendonitis. Mikel, Bri- Mikel Bridget from the Hornets. Uh, bone bruise. Aaron Baines. Porzingis not playing today. Porzingis Dallas, not playing Dallas is playing OKC right now. Uh, First preseason game. You know, little yeah. nicks and bruises here. The one that's going to, I guess, affect the regular season, the one that's the most uh, on the cusp or not sure if they're going to start or not, I don't think they will, is going to be Isaiah Thomas on the Wizards. He's had thumb surgery this past week, and it's going to take him out of the first two or three games of the regular season. So actually when the, um, I forgot he was on the wizard. Yeah. When the, uh, everywhere. Layla. Yeah. When <laughs> the, uh, yeah. wizards take off, take a take on the Mavericks. Uh, they actually won't, uh, he won't even be there. So their starting lineup is going to be kind of thrown off. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, that guy's been all kinds of hurt in the last year yeah. and a half, two years. 
So hopefully this year he can have some productivity and yeah. maybe get that one last contract on uh yeah. right in the bench. Let him get a big, a He's big been right in the bench, yeah. but damn, the Wizards, dude. They <laughs> they need all the help they can get. Yeah. yeah. So that kind of does it for the news this week. So after this break, I guess let's get into the next segment. And we're back. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You ready? <laughs> Welcome back, Baller Nation. We're going to do this week's episode a little differently. So what we're going to do is we're going to cover all 30 teams, half this week, half next week. So that's five apiece. We're going to give you a little breakdown on each team, some impact players that we think are going to make a difference this coming season. Just something you can look forward to and you can have, you know, in your water cooler talk, sound like the smartest guy in the room. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're going to kick it off with Richard. Rich, what is your first team on deck? So I'm starting with the championship uh, defending Toronto Raptors. This this may not seem super, uh, you know, Super deep cut, but man, watching the preseason, I just got enraptured by Pascal Siakam. I loved him a lot last year. Last year, he's you know he like he's like a bull in a china shop. He gets the ball at the three point line, kind of gets around his guy using that long those long strides, looking a little bit like a poor man's like Giannis or a poor man's like kind of Kawhi with those set shots. But like just watching him, he's so strong. Like he goes up towards the, like just in this preseason alone against the Rockets. He went up with with a contest towards P.J. Tucker, got thrown off balance, and then still rocketed a pass out of the three point line with like with speed, like like a pass that you would see from LeBron James. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think like seeing what he's been working on this season with his passing, being able to be more under control, even when he's making crazy kind of athletic moves, is gonna be really huge. So while like the Raptors very well could make a deep postseason run, even if they don't. I think it's going to be a really big stepping stone year for Pascal Siakam. He's looking for the max extension. Uh, they're negotiating it with him with the Raptors and Masai Ujiri. So, one, I think he's going to get it. Two, I think he's going to make a big leap forward. And not only is he going to be developing himself, I think he'll be able to really facilitate for other players, kind of like Kyle Lowry, as the future holds. We don't know if Kyle Lowry is going to be around forever. So, yeah. that's who I'm going to be watching for the most. Because while everything else is in flux about that team, uh, if it's, you know, Marcus Gasol sticking around, Kyle Lowry sticking around, what have you? Norman Powell is he going to move on to another place? Um, OG Ananobi is going to stick around, and so is Pascal Siakam. He's the future. So that's what I'm looking for this season and beyond. Right. Yeah, I think when we think about this, the this generation, the top five players, AD and Giannis are the only ones that are kind of at an age where it's like, hey, they're going to be here for another decade. Why can't Siakam be that other guy? Embiid, yeah. <laughs> but like out of the top five, yeah. only those two are like not on that side of 30. So yeah. it's really cool to see these other guys kind of come into fruition. So definitely. That is a good point, man. The uh-huh. stars from like when I was growing up are pretty much still the stars right now. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Chris Paul, uh, you know, Russell Westbrook, you know, the LeBron. Kevin Durant, LeBron, like so much staying power. So it's nice to think forward to the next wave. Next wave's coming through. Yeah. Andre, who you got? All right. So my team was the Orlando Magic. And, you know, they had, they made some headways in the playoffs this year. You know, everyone saw Vucevic. Pretty much an all-star. But um, the guy that I'm talking about right now is Jonathan Isaac. Now, he's been making some waves in the news recently with teams inquiring about him. Magic saying, you know, we're, we're sticking with this guy. But this dude is, like, legit. He's got it all right now, man. He's running. He's a point forward for them. Small forward. Pass, shoot, score. He can do it all right now. So, um, I'm expecting big things out of him. But not just him. It's also my boy Markel Fultz coming back too. <laughs> he was looking yeah. crispy. Yeah, he was looking crispy. Y'all see him doing. Y'all saw the free behind throws, the back into the dunk. No, yeah, I'm man. not even worried about the free throws. I'm hey, talking man. about that reverse layup. Oh yeah, splitting those two. Oh, we already we already know. Splitting those two guys on the fast break and dunking it uh, yeah. on that fast break. But the thing that gets me is he's so herky jerky. He looks like yeah, he looks. 
Ooh, like his head's too heavy. It's like his head's too heavy. It reminds me a little bit of Derrick Rose yeah. in that regard when you're talking about that herky jerky. But stuff. like, it's like so. It's like so pronounced. Like he's like two feet this way and then three feet this way. Yeah. How do you stay in front of I him? I guess. Feel like he moved like a puppy. Is I feel like his hair yeah. kind of makes it seem yeah. like that. Too. I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's like he's he's so fast and looks out of control even if he's in control. So it gets everybody on their heels. Yeah. Yeah. But, like. Yeah. I, I like what they have with him. Um, if he can. You know, continue to improve on his shot. Like his playmaking's there, his athleticism there. He's good defensively. If he can continue to make uh, shots and cut down his turnovers, I think uh, Orlando has a chance to you know really be strong this season. Um, you, you got Aaron Gordon. He's like a baby Blake Griffin. He can do some playmaking. He's been shooting pretty well too. Last game he put up seven threes, made uh, three of them. So that's pretty good. Um, and then Vucevic, as we all know, he's pretty much an all star. So. I like I like Orlando moving forward, and they still got Mo Bamba too. So if he continues developing, I like them. Cool. Uh, my first team on my list is going to be the Cavaliers. So not too much to get excited about in Cleveland, but one thing, name that stays consistently uh, efficient is going to be Kevin Love. Uh, his usage was at a four-year low, so they weren't getting him a whole lot of shots, which is understandable. You're not you're not you're not gonna go out there and run him run him up a ton of minutes, considering you're probably not going to win a whole lot of games. Um, but I do look for his usage to increase to, uh, to at least 30% because he's been kind of the 22%, so he takes about one out of every five shots. Um, so just getting the ball more in his hand, I think he's going to demand it more because he's going to want to raise his stock for potential trade. Right. Um, and they're going to want to do the same. They want to get as much as they can as possible from him. Uh, they talk about Portland, but potential landing zone for him so they can get something from them. Great. Um, and so I do look for them to improve just based on that because he'll will them into a few extra wins. Ultimately, I think they'll get an extra six six wins and end up with 25 yeah. wins total. So Yeah, I like Kevin Love, man. I hope good things happen to him, man. He's, he's kind of been like out of the mix the past year and a half, but... I want to see him do well somewhere else. Definitely don't want him to be like yeah. unhappy and having to like retire there or anything. Not yeah. that not that players should just go exactly where they want to go all the time, but he seems like he's not a malcontent doing his time, trying to uh, shape the young guys, stay in shape, and evolve his game. So yeah, I'd like to see him somewhere where the games matter a little bit more. Yeah, it's been a roller coaster career for him. So do we want to snake it back or you want to rotate? Oh, we'll just go around one yeah, more time. Right. So I had the Washington Wizards uh, staying in the East, and these previews are going to be all over the place, so yeah. it's not going to be strictly strictly West. But uh, Washington Wizards, the guy that I'm looking at is not John Wall. Can't, literally can't look at him. He's going to be gone all year. Bradley Beal is in a, I guess, final year of his contract. Uh, we don't know if he's going to be traded or not, but that's not who I'm looking at. I'm actually looking at uh, Thomas Bryant. He's 22 years old, got, dra- got drafted by the Jazz, Traded to the Lakers, to the Lakers, and then um, he actually got waived by the Lakers and got oh, yeah? picked up by the Wizards and signed this off season. Uh, so he got three years, eight million per year, and that doesn't seem like a show stopping number, a uh, something to write home to mom about. But he plays center. He's got a lot of energy, really strong. He's undersized. Like he's closer to being as tall as Draymond Green is than he is to being as tall as Carl Anthony Towns. He's like six five. Uh, he's yeah. like six, like eight, yeah. something like that. But he plays center. So he's got some creativity on offense, has a good stroke, good shot, but his size keeps him from being kind of a, a much of a stopper on the defensive end, even though he has good feet. But I think they're going to really try to develop him this year and make it seem as though – or make him live up to that contract because they're signing an un, a waived player to an $8 million per year for three years. So that's a pretty, uh, yeah, pretty that's big pretty, thing. Pretty yeah. hefty. So – yeah. A lot of guys are going to be looking at Rui Hachimura, and I am too. He's an exciting young guy. Explosive. But I think they're going to be developing this guy just as much. So mm. keep your eye out for uh, Thomas Bryant. 
Yeah, that's another team I hope good things happen for the Wizards. It's been uh, it's been rough. They've had a rough go of it the past couple of years. Ever since uh, that, ever since uh, the the John Gil- Wall, the Gilbert Arenas uh, <laughs> guns in the locker room thing. Oh yeah, <laughs> so it's been a long time. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I guess I'm next. My next team is the Utah Jazz, and the man I want to give a shout out to is one of the most underrated point guards in the league, the veteran Mike Conley. This dude is an excellent playmaker. Um, improved his three-point shot over the past couple of years. Um, can shoot at the mid-range, get to the rim, and pretty well on defense as well. So I think uh, what he brings to the offense will help Donovan Mitchell when he gets the ball. He has another creator, um, can stretch the floor, give Mitchell a little bit more space when he needs to get to the rim. And actually, um, it'll help Ingles as well just because um, he'll, he'll, he'll have to do less work creating for himself. Conley can just, you know, get him the ball where he needs to be, and all he has to do is focus on shooting and defense. So I think um, the addition of Conley is going to be pretty big because Rubio was a good playmaker in the past, good defender, but the lack of a shot just made it so hard for Utah that they could just clog the paint. Mitchell couldn't really do anything. So um, as long as Mitchell improves his shooting, his decision-making, his playmaking, and the addition of Conley, I think they'll do really well um, in the West this next season. Do you think with Conley there – even though Ricky Rubio was a fine point guard, mm-hmm. great passer, yeah. do you think it'll have a positive impact on Rudy Gobert even more so on the offensive end? Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Because you're going to say yeah, that just yeah. now. I was going to say, I would love to see, because like, maybe we don't think about, because uh, he's so big and he's just like, he's the box out type. I'm going to grab this rebound. We don't think of him as super bouncy, but I would love to see some kind of like lost Just city some pick and roll. Maybe, you know yeah. what I mean? Uh, I think like he's very capable of doing that. Yeah. So I mean, they're they're my dark horse. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see yeah. what the Conley for Rubio trade off is. Yeah. Uh, my next team is going to be the Pistons, and uh, the Pistons. That's I believe I feel like they slightly overachieved. I don't think anybody expected them to do. They grabbed a new point guard, right? Yeah, that's yeah. actually the player I'm talking yeah. about. But the Pistons, uh, you know, they, they made it to the playoffs. Of course, Blake Griffin was hurt, so we didn't really get to see them in, act, uh, in full, I guess, full strength in the playoffs. But I think with the addition of Derrick Rose, yes, um, okay. you're going to see some improvement. So the Pistons are really efficient, one of the best, most efficient teams in uh, using the post-up. They shoot for over 50%, and obviously, you know, you got Drummond and you've got Blake Griffin, right? Blake Griffin's kind of expanded his game, so you see a little bit more ISO from him. Not a ton. They're still not one of the highest ISO teams by by any means. Um, but, of course, when he gets his back, he puts his back to the basket, he's as efficient as ever. He can still dunk if he needs to. He can make Drummond anywhere, gets a lot of yeah. putbacks. Not a crazy amount of putbacks, but he'll get double-doubles off of putbacks all day. Um one thing that they're kind of middle of the pack in, though, is the pick and roll. They only shoot it at about a 42%. Derrick Rose is at 50%. Alton was near 50% efficiency off the pick and roll. So when you got two big men like that, especially when you got to respect Blake Griffin on the pick and pop, you got to yeah. really be careful. Um, you, I think you're going to see their efficiency go up. I can see them increasing their points per game by as much as five just by that alone because Derrick Rose is that threat. He can, yeah. he can, he can, uh, he can roll, shoot, right, from the mid-range. He's one of the better mid-range shooters. Uh, but you can also drive, and then you got to respect Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin is still the best player on the team. Right. Uh, we saw what he did last season. Yeah, and Drummond is trying to take more three-point shots this season. He shot 40 last year, which to me sounds like a lot. But, I mean, <laughs> he's probably going to try to shoot. Less than one a game. Please. 50, yeah, but he sounds like a lot. He's probably going to try to shoot 50 or 60 this year. But even though he's trying to shoot more, I think he's going to roll to the basket. And, like, your previous options were Reggie Jackson. Before that, Ish Smith. Reggie Jackson. Uh, serviceable point All guard, right, yeah. yeah, in and out of the lineup with different you know injuries. So if you're not going to have that consistent guy that can navigate the pick and roll, if you're, if you're relying on Luke Kennard to do something like that for you, if you know, like you're saying, Derrick Rose can come back and keep up this level of play that he showed in, in uh, Minnesota without his same old coach, then 
definitely I can see that improving outside of just the post game having the pick. Oh and roll. yeah. So yeah, yeah, good one, JB. So um, we're gonna go west this time. Have we done all? Oh, we did somewhat. We uh, did west I, I, I that. haven't you done know. any west. <laughs> yeah, okay. Cross continent. So jazz, going back and forth. You yeah, know, the Jazz, man. and then we got the Spurs. The so Jets mine are. is the Spurs, and so. Uh, the topic of, I guess, my uh, off season was, you know, how fuck, uh, how crazy, uh, Deontay. good, uh, Deontay Murray, good, yeah, no, 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 Deontay Murray, that's an easy one. His defense looks great, but I'm just I'm talking at about the offense. Derek, though. I'm trying to see uh, Dejounte Murray. So actually, I was gonna say Patty Mills, but I'll talk about Dejounte Murray since Andre seems to be real hyped up. About yeah, him. that's my dude. Who else is hyped up about them? Is actually the Spurs. So before Dejounte Murray actually got injured last year, uh, unfortunately. The Spurs during like training camp were like pretty excited to announce that he was going to be starting after Tony Parker, you know, wasn't on the team anymore, yeah. got traded to the Hornets, all that stuff, or signed to the Hornets. Um, and it's not very often that you hear like the Spurs let loose to the media about who they're hyped up about a player. Everything's usually kept in house, you know what I mean? Yeah. So when the Spurs are leading that show, I, I was really excited to see what he could do. Him and Lonnie Walker. Um, yeah. You know, they draft well. We know the Spurs do. So I'm excited to see what he can do on the defensive end as well as running the pick and roll, finding guys and finishing at the rim. So looking really athletic. Mm. Combine that with, you know, Patty Mills, who hopefully his superhero Australian powers can carry over to, can the, carry over to the regular season. Like Popovich said, he's like, all you guys just get superpowers when you play for your own country. Yeah. So yeah. I think playing that, against Pop. <laughs> I think that backcourt is going to go a long way. I think I hope to see them, I guess, kind of lean a little bit away towards uh, away from like the Lamar Aldridge, Demar Derozan, you know, long to love fest, and those guys are great serviceable serviceable players playing for their next contract on a good team. But I think they got to really lean towards the future with Dejounte Murray. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. good one, Andre. Thanks for helping yeah. me pivot. I love to the young boys. My uh, name Yakapoto too. He's doing well. Yeah, he's oh, in the wow, last. Year. He's start, He's their starting center now. I wonder yeah. if they'll resign yeah. him. He's in his last year of his contract. Yeah. This I'm year. sure they will. They, he's the type of player they like. But yeah, uh, my next team. I'm going with the Indiana Pacers. We're going back to the Eastern Conference, guys. And let me tell you, there's two two men over there. Highest positions. We got the king of Wakanda. My name Victor Oladipo. <laughs> yeah. The Black Panther. And yeah. then we got the president, Malcolm Brogdon. I just hope uh, Oladipo can come back in time to, you know, get yeah, back so in the shape. He's and, coming back you know, in, they want a lot like of games in November. Yeah, but um, I think... Picking up Brogdon will be well for them, especially if Oladipo comes step back up healthy. From Bojan. Say what? To step up from Boyan. Oh yeah, definitely. But um, yeah, if, particularly if, on defense. If Oladipo comes back healthy, um, you get Brogdon, who he can play make. He can he's you know a hybrid guard, plays the one and two. Um, he can play make, plays good defense. Um, Bucks fans will tell you, I I think he's a good three point shooter. Bucks fans says he only shoots open threes, but I think it takes some smartness and. You know, some t- constraint to shoot within your limits. So, I think that's a mark of a smart player. And having a, a player with that kind of tool set with a ball dominant guard like Oladipo, I think works very well for them because you can they play well together. So you got two defensive playmaking guards. Um, you got uh, Miles Turner. Yeah, do work underrated. As well. I feel like Demonte Sabonis, excellent shooter, good big man. Um, I think they're going to do pretty well. Mm, top three or. Three to five region. I, I mean, have them in the I mean, east. I got a bet yeah. that they will. Three to five. Region I have a bet that they will upset the Celtics if they meet in the playoffs. So. Oh yeah, I like. I'll take that bet too. Yeah. I like. I like. I like Pacers over Celtics. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm. I'm excited to watch them going forward. Um, I want to see what Brogdon does. Um, you know, oh, as as a second I'm, option. I'm always interested when three and D guys go to a new team, right? Because you know, 
when he was in Milwaukee, he wasn't the second, the first, or even the second. Yeah, option. he was like the fourth. Option. So I'm always interested yeah. when those three and D guys go to another team. I think about somebody like, uh, like Wesley Matthews, right? When 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 Dallas got him from from Portland, right. a lot of teams were high on him that off season. That was the off season of all the major contracts. So yeah. that was going to get DeAndre. He was going right? to yeah, get paid yeah. regardless, yeah. right? But he, a lot of teams were high on him. The Mavericks were high on him. I, I was pretty high on him at the time because it was like, dude, this guy's a sharp shooter and he can play defense. All right. But then they go to another team where you know they're they're not the first or where they're now they're like the first or second option because he technically was. I mean, you had an aging Dirk. Yeah. And you had what? Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes. No, that was before. That was even before we, we, Harrison yeah. Barnes. This we is when we West signed uh, yeah. West. Oh, so West. when you think about that, like suddenly that was the season we got both of them. Your rating we, we, drops. Uh-huh. We, so yeah, okay. Ahead. But like your his his three point percentage dropped. Yeah. His defense didn't really fall off. Drops a bit, but yeah. like you you start thinking, man, I got paid a lot for this guy. Yeah. You know. So I hope Malcolm Brogdon that doesn't happen with him, um, and then he just turns into another role player yeah. down the road. Um, hopefully he, he next to Oladipo he can really expand. I mean, look at Oladipo when Oladipo I mean, went from, to OKC and then to the Pacers. It wasn't until he got to the Pacers where you were like, holy shit, nobody was talking about Oladipo. It, like this it just depends ago. on the fit. You know, he yeah. didn't know what to do next to Russell Westbrook, you know, dominating the ball for 80% of the game. And then the 20% of the game when he's out there with the bench guys and it's like, all right, here, it's your turn. Man, he, he also got to, to Wakanda yeah. afterwards and got into like super shape. So <laughs> he, he, he did some real so training. After they got Wakanda. That's where yeah, Wakanda he is. The, yeah. It's, he got that vibranium. It's man. hidden in the part of the world that nobody knew about uh, in yeah. Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> Indiana. Okay. Only Larry Bird knows. He'll tell you where. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I like the Pacers. So you got JV. So my first team in the West is going to be the Phoenix Suns, and uh, man, you're at the you're you're looking at some bleak outlooks on your yeah, team. I think there's a little there's a little there's, there's a little some sparkle there's everywhere. Some hope there, yeah. yeah. Um, no. <laughs> no. Sorry, it, it ain't the well, it ain't the season. Hey, they're, they're, they'll get a little better. They're not winning thirty games. I'll tell you that much. But. Their addition to Ricky Rubio, I think, is is, is a good a move forward. Thing, yeah, yeah uh, he'll alleviate some of the responsibilities for Devin Booker. So Devin Booker, uh, despite, I mean, he's one of the better scorers. Well, as far as like volume efficiency, actually, not that his true shooting is over fifty percent. So it's actually his true shooting is actually really good. Um, but when it comes to like running your offense through somebody, when he's your number one scorer, he can't also be, be your facilitator. overwhelming yeah. facilitator yeah. unless you're LeBron because then you're just yeah. that good. But he's he's twenty four percent of the assists on that team, right? And realistically, um, when you, when you look at their their total assist to turnover ratio in the in, in as a league, they're like in that bottom five. Yeah. So what happens there is you're telling me, okay, even if he protects the ball, he's also the facilitator. He's also the primary shooter. You're not going to be able to win like that. It's just no. too difficult. Yeah. Too much. And like to to your point, uh, Devin Booker shot, I believe, about thirty three percent. I could be wrong about a percentage point either way from three last season which isn't great. It's like a little bit below league average and guys are still flying out to him at three point line. They give him a lot of respect, yep. which is great. That's, that's really the important thing. If you think about a guy named Rajon Rondo and, and you say, Hey, he's a, he's four for 10 on, on threes. This, these past two games or this weekend or whatever, that's great. But people aren't flying yeah, out to cover. Know, he has Rondo. a reputation. Yeah. Right? He still has a reputation that he's yeah. going to miss exactly. no matter what he's making that time. It's kind of the inverse with exactly. Booker. And I wonder if if his percentage will go up if he gets to shoot more catch and shoot threes. So that's oh, exactly what the the point I was going to make with this. I would look for him to move to the two guard. Ricky Rubio being the major 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 the primary ball handler because if you look at their assist uh, percentage, it's the same. Like it's virtually the same. Uh, but he's a better shooter than Ricky Rubio, so it makes sense for him. It makes sense for him to be a wing. I think he can be a Clay Thompson type player that's running around. Yeah, I think you got to you got to well, chase. He's him not down. gonna play defense, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but you got to chase him down on offense, and then you know he give him he, the ball and let yeah, him do it. Yeah, swing the ball around. You know, 
um, I, I hope they give DeAndre in a few more minutes just because his inside presence will kind of pull Oh, no, the, he definitely the needs more in. touch. Um, but, yeah, definitely. I think the addition of Ricky Rubio, the fact that he can assist on a on the same level as, as Devin Booker, and now Devin Booker doesn't have to do everything, yeah. um, will increase his, uh, his, his three-point percentage, which isn't bad. All his efficiency. But it could elevate him to that next level. I still don't think they have enough to win more than 25 games. Um, I still think they'll be the worst team in the West. But I think this is the first step into – Devin Booker really solidifying himself as a wing shooter, and then now you just draft the point guard because you're probably going to be in the lotto again. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe you get maybe you get Lamelo. Yeah. You know, then hey. you put Lamelo next to him and Lamelo. I, I feel mean, like Lamelo and Booker are like the same player. I haven't watched a whole lot of Lamelo, but I mean, I'm sure as the time gets closer, I'll get a chance to yeah. watch a little bit more of him. And if he's a facilitator, then you know if he can be like Lonzo. You know, they, that could work. Hey, Just Lonzo, Lonzo and Rubio were like my number one picks to go to the Suns. <laughs> All right, Suns, instead of player. instead of making your team even better, we're not confident you can do that. So just be worse so you can get another it's good player. It's not bad. It's just – No, I'm not saying step, that. Oh, yeah. I'm saying that's what the Suns – that's the outlook for them. That's more likely than the oh, previous yeah, yeah, scenario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's rough in the yeah, West. Sure, sure. It's even rougher in Phoenix. Oh, so. it's, yeah, it's rough. <laughs> it's rough when you have a management <laughs> like, uh, like Robert Sarver. But yeah. anyway – all right, uh, Rich. You're going to pass it to me? Who's your fourth team? This is going to be quick. Charlotte Hornets. I could talk about Terry Rozier, but I'm not. That's not the most what? impact player. I want to talk about Terry. You can. I do uh, not. That's not, talk about that's not the impact no. player that I'm talking making about. A comeback. The impact player <laughs> that I'm talking about is Bismack Biombo. Oh. Not because of his... I, that was, that was not, my second one. <laughs> nah, really? Yeah, because that contract coming up, <laughs> yes, right? You get I'm him saying. out of here. Like. Not because of the play on the court. This is the last season of a lot of guys that signed in the sour 16 era. Signed to a uh, four years, seventeen million a year. It was good while so it lasted. That's a good trade piece. That's yeah. a nice big salary there for hey, people. Off topic. I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt. But Chandler Parsons was he part of that? He's too? on the Hawks. Uh, yes. No, yeah. no, he was not 2016. 2016 money. Are you sure? No, he was before that. Okay. okay. So. Yeah. Um, yeah sorry. I interrupted. 2016 you. was when we got uh, Wesley Matthews. Uh, Chandler Parsons was before that. Okay, okay, got you. Um, yeah, we, didn't he go to the Memphis Grizzlies? Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah. yeah. He re signed with them. Yeah. That's true. The I guess so. He kind of technically yeah. is. Uh, but yeah, I was just saying he, he, he uh, wasn't like a Supermax or anything. Fucking Memphis, man. They, they got rid of him. So. They're in good shape. Yeah, they're good. Is that all we have for the damn Hornets? Poor guys. I mean, they got rid of Jeremy <laughs> Lamb. They got rid of Kimba. They're going to develop Miles Bridges, but I mean, the most important thing is that they should take on some bad salary. For their upcoming bad years, they might. They might <laughs> you said years, plural. Yeah, they might come up in the playoffs as an eighth seed or whatever, but that shouldn't be the way that they want to go. They need to reload the, uh, the war mode. chest with some with some picks yeah. and take on some bad salary to get some picks from guys that from from teams that are looking to add, um, you know, relief for the coming years. Yeah. Yeah. Bummer for Charlotte, man. Y'all got a tight court too. Sucks. Oh, I know. It's such a waste. And the yeah. good and the good jerseys. Yeah. The great logo. Yeah. <laughs> so so good. Come on, Michael, man. You gotta do better than that. All, All right. right, Andre, number four. Huh? All right, number four. I got the Philadelphia 76ers. Mm. We already know they got the process. You know, one of the best centers in the league. <laughs> he lost 25 pounds. So I'm by doing nothing. Yeah. <laughs> apparently, and eating spicy food and crying. But uh, <laughs> who's gonna fill that void left by Jimmy? Left by Jimmy. I, mean, you I can't think really, they're going to be good. You can't really fill his shoes. Well, is that what you were gonna you were about talking about Joel Embiid? Well, I was going to talk about Joel. I mean, like everyone, yeah, it, the, the quote about him losing 25 pounds. Yeah, that's good. So hopefully he'll be healthy. He'll be light. He'll stay in shape throughout the rest of the season. That'll be a big boost for them. I think the biggest addition for them is adding Al Horford because the Sixers were, when Embiid was on the court, they usually dominant. They were usually always winning, like significantly. It's when he wasn't on the court, when they lost 
that defensive anchor, um, that guy who can, you know, keep people out the paint and keep keep the uh, offense from or the opponent from running up the score. And with Al Horford, they can kind of stagger them. So there's there's going to be points in the game, especially at the end. You're going to want to play them together. You're going to start them together. But then later on, you can kind of stagger them, and you always have a good defensive uh, five player there who can kind of you know keep it going. Offensively, I don't think they're going to struggle much. Um, they still got Ben Simmons who can still get it done in the regular season. Um, and but, assuming he added more to his shot, he'll be a threat, uh, hopefully, in the playoffs. I don't know, man. They um, lost some offense. So I'm, I'm curious to see what that's going to look like. Tobias Harris is yeah, pretty fine, good but offensively But you still lose well. Jimmy Butler, and we're yeah. making a huge assumption about Ben Simmons, but, I mean, we'll see. I'm a little yeah, bit on no, – I'm, I'm not even on JV's side. Yeah. I'm on the side of the players because yeah. if you ask some of those guys, uh, if you ask, I think uh, – uh, you ask him, Ben, <laughs> ben Simmons and Bede, you ask some of those guys, what do you all think you are going to be on defense? We're going to be all-time number one in the league. What do you think you're going to be on offense? They go, we're going to figure it out. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? So I mean, that's that's paraphrasing what they say, but yeah. they're more confident on the defensive end than they are. They get, they have and, some kinks to work through. And they pick up Josh Richardson, too, from Miami, so he's not a slouch offensively. He'll be able to you know pick up some of that slack from Jimmy. Obviously, I still think Jimmy's like a top-tier ISO player. He's not like at the very, very top, but he's, he's still an elite player yeah. offensively. But, I mean, combining that slack, um, Al Horford, efficient score, can do it all, all-around player. Um, Tobias Harris definitely going to get more touches now that there's less um, star power to deal with. I think offensively they should be all right. Defensively, no question, they'll be the, one of the best teams. So, yeah, I like the Sixers going forward. Cool. <laughs> Moving on to another uh, grim outlook, uh, the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> oh, man. Um, one name that I'm looking out for over there, just because um, this is a name that when he came into the league, you know, people were excited about. And I think he still has a lot of potential to I'm make sure. it happen, and that's going to be Laurie Markinen. Oh, um, he was out for two months last season with an elbow injury, so we didn't get to see too many of him. I think he only, play, I think he played less than forty games, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but one thing that I can see him helping improve with the Bulls is their offensive rebounding. So they're dead last in offensive rebound last last uh, last year, um, twenty four point two uh, offensive rebounds a game. Um, so that's bottom of the barrel. Yeah. Um, and then dead last in second chance points. That's going to happen if you yeah, can't if rebound. You rebound. So they only get 11 points, sec- 11 second chance points in an entire game. So that just kind of gives you an idea of where their offensive uh, um, opportunities are. Uh, one thing that I noticed is that they, they tend, if you look at their roster, they tend to play Wendell at the five and they play Markinen at the four. I would like to see that switch. Um, it's simple. He's taller. Yeah. Right, and I but I think a lot of people look at him and they say, "Oh, he's taller, he's a little lankier." But we've seen what Chris Tapps can do. We've seen yeah. what some of these other lankier dudes nowadays can do. If he can shoot on offense and he can be that threat at the five, I think you get more bang for your buck that way. Yeah, and he could turn into a into a shot blocker. I mean, he is six foot eleven, two hundred thirty pounds. He got the length. That's all you need. Yeah, he's six eleven, six eleven, two hundred thirty pounds. Wendell's a little bit shorter, heavier, so he's a little bit more built. So I get that. You know, he can bang a little bit more on the inside. But Larry Markinen hasn't really had an opportunity to do that. I would just like to see them switch that because you're going to mm. lose anyway. So you know, yeah. might as well. Let the other guy get it. Try. You know. How you know? How you know you're going to lose? But, try. Yeah, but I think uh, you know, just puts on a little bit of weight. Doesn't have to gain a ton of weight. He's mm. only 20 pounds lighter than Wendell. Uh, Wendell only grabs 1.9 offensive rebounds a game. 1.4. It's not a big difference. I think if he was at the five, he'd grab a few more and he can help them on the offensive board. No. Maybe he can, you know, he has a softer touch at the rim than Wendell does. Wendell's a little bit more like, I'm going to try to shoot it over you. Right. Um, so I would like to see that from him. So just that little swap, hmm. see what happens. Mix it up a little bit. Chicago. Did they, uh, did they move Jabari? 
No. Oh. Yeah. I thought Jabari was in Atlanta now. No, is he? They, they he's in Atlanta right? now. Oh, is he? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and to your point about the offensive rebounds, I think a little bit about a, li- a little bit of that is oh, based. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think a little bit of that is kind of the coaching scheme. Jim Boylan's a big, hard-nosed, like defensive guy, and so he's like, "Hey, get back on defense. Get back on defense." And the focus isn't on getting those offensive rebounds. And some people think that Jim Boylan's not the coach of the future. Maybe I don't think that either. Uh, that's too early to say. Uh, some people are higher on the Bulls this year. I think definitely he's going to make a step forward. We all know that Larry Marketing can definitely shoot. He's pretty creative, more athletic mm-hmm. than you think. So that kind of lends towards yeah. you. Yeah, so you he can shoot, and that's what a lot of people hone in on. But when I was talking about his soft touch, if you mm-hmm. look at him, he around can put a spin move on you and like lay it on the, the rim. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. like that's why I want to see him at the five because I feel like you get more bang for your buck there. Yeah. Especially with everybody going small, kind of yeah. contrasting styles now. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. I think Wendell's just – Slotted at the center because he played more games. Like you had to, he you had, had to, to play, play the him there. Yeah, yeah, right. And there's the injury risk, obviously, especially with a lighter guy at the five. But yeah, yeah that's so, last team you got for this week, Rich. Yeah, so this is the final round, right? Yep. I'm the first one of the final round. So we're shooting from the hip. Mine's pretty easy. Minnesota Timberwolves, Damn. but it's Atlanta not. Hunt. It's not the guys that you might think. I'm not talking about Andrew Wiggins. I'm not talking about the albatross of a contract. That's Andrew Wiggins. Carl Anthony Towns has a equally big contract, but he's actually good. So nobody's kind of <laughs> nobody's down on that, uh, which I think is pretty crazy in itself. They gave Andrew Wiggins this giant maximum contract with the uh, stipulation: you better live up to this. <laughs> we expect you to live Wouldn't up. Wouldn't that this be contract. great if you could just ask somebody to live <laughs> up? Please, to the contract? I'll be. I'll be a genius we, and the best ever. We need Thanks. we need A plus effort from you if we give you this contract. So here's the contract. It's like, all right. Anyway, so that's not the point. So uh, Jarrett Culver and Josh Okoji. Josh Okoji played a year already as, as shooting guard for the Timberwolves. His counting stats aren't going to blow you away, but they really liked how aggressive he was on the offensive end, kind of gunning it, not afraid to shoot, not afraid of the moment. He's coming into the second year. And then Jarrett Culver was actually drafted six by the Suns. So high lottery. That's like just outside the top five. And then traded for Dario Saric. I like Dario Saric a lot. I liked him ever since he was in Philadelphia. Andre can attest to this. And if you're going to give up a guy that's energy like that, not afraid to defend, has length, they must see a lot um, in Culver that they can develop. And overall, I think it's more of a philosophy thing. With you not getting as much as you would like to from Andrew Wiggins and having all that money tied up in those two guys, it's not going to be easy for you to trade your way into more success and getting – uh, Carl Anthony Towns a second star you're going to have to do it through the draft and through development mm-hmm. and so they're they're kind of banking on Ryan Saunders able to being able to get these guys into shape into form to become rotation level or starting level NBA players and you got to do it through the draft and through the assets so I'm going to be watching those guys closely to see if the Wolves can try to get into that conversation with the you know the guys that are on the cusp of the playoff run for the 8th seed you know your uh, Pelicans your Mavericks guys like that it's going to kind of hinge on them as, as good as Carl Anthony Towns is. So you're, you're still thinking long-term build around Carl Anthony Towns. So right now, go ahead and start getting ready to yeah. the next set of assets. Exactly, because it's not going to come through like the trade or through free yeah, agency. It's not, you yeah. know? So that's what I'm looking that's at right good, there. Good way to look at it. Is your last team, Wander? My last team, Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers. All right, so everyone, you know about LeBron. He's Hollywood Andre West. He's Hollywood Andre West. <laughs> you know about LeBron. You know about AD, Danny Green, all those guys, JaVale McGee. It's fine. But the real the real threat, and I know the Lakers fans will attest to this, the real dude is Alex Caruso. <laughs> <laughs> 
this dude, <laughs> man. Uh, air fryer is what they call him. Air, air fryer. fryer. Straight out of Texas A&M, man. <laughs> yeah. Like Point guard. Fryer like a guy, like a like a pastor. 25 years. Oh, a yeah. fryer. Yeah, yeah okay. like fryer. He's, He's got the fryer. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 So, my man, dude, deceptively athletic, pretty quick, can finish <laughs> at the rim, can shoot, an excellent playmaker. I honestly do... I can see this guy ending up being the starting point guard for them. People, by the time they, people always say that about about white players. How come you got to say? But this dude, like for real, dude. Anybody that have, you, have you seen him? Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. That, that, that one famous putback from yeah. the end of the year last year. Yes, LeBron's out, good jumping out of his seat. Yeah, yes. yeah, I'm excited for him. I like him, man. I think I hope he ends up getting more minutes than Rondo does. Yeah, I, th- I think he will. Rondo's uh, actually not starting. If we're going to take anything into consideration from the preseason, uh, yeah, I think LeBron. They have LeBron actually listening at point guard, so it's. Which isn't like crazy. Yeah, People are going to try to tell you that that's yeah. crazy, but the only it's difference not. between that and his years in Cleveland was that Matthew Dellavedova inbounded the ball under the basket, dribbled to half court. When he got to half court, he gave it to LeBron, and then LeBron <laughs> ran point guard. Yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah. LeBron catches it this time under, right. under the basket. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so there's still going to be plenty of other other. Few extra I think if, if he can consistently, you know, shoot well from three, he'll he'll be a he'll be a starter for them, but. What were you we saying, JV? I'm sorry. Oh, no. I was just saying he just dribbles the ball more this time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, we got our final uh, team of, the, of this Yeah, I'm going to close it out with a team that some people are high on, some people aren't so high on. Um, my first to this list that has a chance at a title, and it's going to be the Houston Rockets. Mm. So, that's my only team in the – oh, no. I got the Suns. Uh, so the obviously the that's obvious addition. I'm gonna talk about two players because we have the obvious addition of Russell Westbrook that's gonna have an immediate impact. So, um, the Houston Rockets run ISO 24% of the time, which the next highest team is only 8%. So that kind of gives you an idea of mm. what kind of offense they're running. It's Mike D'Antoni. It right? works, man. It's nothing. It's, it's nothing. Works. It's nothing. Yeah. It's no secret about it. They love to run ISO. They love to lean on uh, James Harden. Um, the turnover ratio, but but with Russell Westbrook, um, I think what he can bring to the table is his turnover ratio. He gets a lot of shit because people think he doesn't take care of the ball, but he has one of the best turnover percentages, believe it or not, one of the best assists to, to turnover ratios, which you might say is inflated by the fact that he gets a lot of assists. But even his ratio percentages, it's like the same as Chris Paul. So you're not like, it's not a negative there. Like you're not going to suddenly start turning the ball over more. Um but the assist ratio is important because the Rockets are third to last in assist ratio. And that has to do with the fact that they run so much damn ISO. So you're not going to get a whole lot of assists. So I think if we look at who the best teams are when it comes to assists, um, it's going to be the Warriors. So I'm not saying they're going to be the Warriors, but obviously there's a winning formula there. Obviously you'd be changing your entire uh, offense. Mike D'Antoni is probably not going to go for it, but I would love to see them run a lot of Russell Westbrook on ball. Even though a lot of people think, oh, you know, James Harden should run on ball. I think Russell Westbrook should run on ball. We should run the traditional plays like the pick and roll, uh, the pick and pop, things like that. You do have Capella. We talked last week about how you, if you slash to the rim, Capella is going to be there open for the low pass from Russell mm-hmm. Westbrook. So I think they get a lot of efficiency there. And like I said, he's he's pretty efficient with the pick and roll. It's only when he does the pick and roll and doesn't drive to the rim when he right. shoots from mid-range that he sucks at. So if he can stop doing that, they'll be a lot better. Yeah. Um, so that's for Russell Westbrook. The other name that's going to make an impact is going to be Eric Gordon. So from two seasons ago to last season, he us- his usage actually went down. So he's taking a lot less shots. Um, and it actually caused a big drop in his true shooting, 15%. Yeah. Uh, that and on his actual uh, field goal percentage. Yeah, so he, those- he started last season as opposed to – being a six man. Yeah, so exactly. That, so that's, that's actually reason, the yeah. point I was going to make. So at the same time, his defensive rating went up 21%. So his defense got worse. Yeah. So 
that could have a lot to do with the fact that now he's guarding starters. He's demanded to be basically guard the sometimes the second best player. It just depends on who you put James Harden on. Um, so I think just getting him more involved in the offense by swinging the ball around a lot more is going to be easier because you have Russell Westbrook. Uh, granted, you have Chris Paul, which is also a threat. But I think when you're a threat at every facet of the game, right? Like, yeah, Russell Westbrook's not an amazing shooter, but you can't open up the the paint yeah. because he's going to drive it and he's going to fucking slam it on you. You can't bait. Yeah, Back you, off him you too gotta much. watch. You gotta watch yet. the yeah. dish to to Capella because he is a smart passer, even though he has a bad rap for the turnovers. You gotta guard James Harden. So what does Eric Gordon get to do? I get to sit in the corner and wait until these guys are all scrambling, and then man, hey, look at this. Gonna, I got the ball. I'm gonna drill it. Yeah. Um, he can drill it and attack closeouts. Yeah, and so I was kind of thinking like maybe they can try the six man thing again, but nobody on that bench can guard better than him. So like you get no benefit. Like it'd be a big it'd be a big difference if you had like a Patrick Beverly type of player where it's like you know you don't need a whole lot of offense because he's gonna lock down their best guy. So let's put him and then we'll bring the scoring from Eric Gordon off the bench. But they don't have that. Yeah. Jeff Green is not enough. You're the only guy that defends better than him is PJ Tucker, but he's gonna start. You know, and so there's really nobody else that can fill that. I mean, Austin Rivers is a worse defender than him across the board, and he doesn't. But shoot he does his, try. Yeah, yeah, he tries. Not a negative. But yeah. overall, like you're not gonna you're not gonna put Austin Rivers for Gordon. So there was really nobody to fill that role. So he's still gonna start this coming season. I just think he's gonna really benefit from taking more three pointers. He took three less three pointers per game this season than two seasons ago, mm-hmm. and that was coming off the bench. So yeah. like, get the ball in the man's hand, and it's gonna happen. Um, but even if he doesn't take as many shots, he'll shoot it more efficiently just yeah. because he's going to have way more open threes. Yeah, there's so much more talent on the court now. So many more threats. I'm excited about the Rocks, man. I was so low on them when that trade first happened. Not low, but I was just like, eh, it's not going to work. Like, so, Russell Westbrook's way too different than James Harden. But now I'm like, dude, I'm so excited to see So, Rockets played Raptors today. I don't think you – you didn't catch the game, did you? No, no. Richie, yeah, did you catch any man, parts? They were looking nice. Everybody was yeah. fucking looking like midseason form. James Harden was drilling everything. He was nutmegging dude. That dude was Eric good. Gordon was shooting with reckless abandon. Ryan Anderson was making shots. Everybody was looking good. Even Russell Westbrook drilled the deep, the deep three. I had to he look did. at it twice. He made one of his seven. Yeah. As long as he doesn't get in his own head when he makes those. As long as he shoots them. Like that, I mean, and like – Yeah, shoot them. Nobody's second-guessing him in them. Oklahoma City, but they're going to second-guess him even less out there. And he's yeah. a rock. Which shows a stat where you can see – I don't know. Many, I'm a little – There uh, might be a stat out there that shows you how many of those shots, those long-range shots he shoots in rhythm. Because when he misses them, he's not in rhythm, dude. He's like not even set. He comes off of the screen and is shooting them He like, just throws them up. Yeah, yeah, he's shooting them and he's leaning into them. And I'm like, you. Sh- there's a difference between leaning into the shot and then shooting in motion. Um, that's when you come off the dribble and like turn around and bust it. But he's not doing that. He's just like kind of like chucking it, and, that, and he's leaning forward. I hate when he leans forward. That's like the worst way you can shoot a long range shot, and it just clanks off the back. But super excited for the Rockets. Yeah. They're going to be my Trailblazers of this year. They're going to be exciting to watch because it's like it's two stark differences in play. Like so, they're they're staggering Westbrook and Harden. When Harden has the ball, it's Rockets as usual. When Westbrook has the ball, they're just charging up the court. It's like it's crazy to I kinda, see the difference. So. I kind of want them. I think it would be it's like two separate teams. Even more exciting if they went the way that the opposite way of what JV was saying. If if Russell Westbrook would actually cut to the rim and you know flash for offensive rebounds and stuff like that, <clears> and uses athleticism when he's not holding the ball. Like imagine how fast he could be without the ball. You know, just yeah. try it. So I'm I'm excited either way, no matter what. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You got some exciting ball in Houston. Sorry, which China. Some, which, Y'all don't get to see it. Which is something that a uh, follow up shot callers. Which, if it is a. <laughs> 
it is crazy <laughs> if it is like where the Rockets are musty TV after everyone saying for years, oh, I hate watching the Rockets. Same thing every time. Yeah. yeah. But if they're exciting, man, I'm pumped. Oh yeah. I'm here Too bad it. they're not gonna get. They're them. gonna have all. They're yeah. not gonna get those China eyes in this year though. Yeah. I mean, none of the we'll NBA see what will if it keeps <laughs> developing that way. Yeah. So that does it for the first half of our season preview. Um, next week should be a lot more top heavy, as you notice. We talked a lot about teams that didn't make last year's playoffs, except so, for me, except for Andre. Andre. He took on Mr. Hall. I, I didn't. Hey. Let, me, let me preview <laughs> the champions. Um, so <laughs> you'll see a lot more of teams that were in contention last year that you know potentially do have some playoff implications. So we'll make sure to deep dive on those. Uh, let us know what you thought about these. If you disagree with any any of these uh, breakdowns, or if there's a name we left out, I'm really I'm excited for some of these guys. Laurie Markkinen is probably one that a lot of people. I haven't thought about who's mm-hmm. yeah who, i kind of forgot about him yeah who's one on your list that's just like stands up uh like brogdon probably yeah. oh yeah brogdon he's starting to get recognition but I rich still say, uh, i'm sure mine is uh, thomas yeah. bryant i don't thomas think a lot bryant. of people know about him so. yeah so thomas <clears throat> bryant larry Markin, and eric brogdon Jonathan if you haven't heard Isaac, these names before yeah. look them up look up some highlights yeah. man you might be surprised as to what you see it's not all about espn but mm-hmm. <laughs> there's some guys out there with a lot of talent a lot of promise who can who may or may not deliver some titles here in the near future so keep an eye out um do we have any i just know? have that small tidbit i was to say halfway you can do halfway bit you can do half one hand yeah one hand Rich's bits. <laughs> yeah okay let's do it so i kind of preface this a little bit so hopefully you guys have some answers ready to go and this is inspired by something that happened in the NBA last week. So you guys can probably guess it when I ask the question. So my question for you guys is, when is the last time that you guys literally plan to wake up in the middle of the night to do something? It can be anything, anything that you can think of. So I have mine if you need me to go. So what I used to do is I used to, people would always like do all-nighters for tests yeah. and they would like cram all night and then uh, they'd wake up for the test name. and they would do it, right? That's how a lot of people do it. Yeah, me too. I was like, I'm getting home from work. I'm tired. I'm going to sleep. I'm going to wake up at 3 a.m. Because <laughs> you're more awake. Like yeah. I'll study for a few hours before the 8 a.m. exam and I'll be good to go. There's no point in me studying for five hours and then I'm tired as hell. Probably didn't learn anything for the last three whatever right all mm-hmm. night and then you wake up and you only got what two hours of sleep so i'm like let me get five hours of sleep we wake up at 3 a.m 4 a.m whatever study a couple hours it's gonna be more efficient so i actually used that to, was funny that's what i used to jv and i used to be roommates and i remembered him doing that so i actually took a leap out of his book last friday <laughs> or actually it was on it was on monday it was monday i had a i had a video project due and i was like man i could stay up till two doing this or i'll just wake up at six and do it until eight and then turn it in before my nine o'clock deadline. So I actually took that out of your book without you telling me. Oh, so. You're more efficient, right? Yeah, it felt yeah. good. I felt better about it. Yeah, <laughs> you're more efficient because you just woke up. You're like, I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. No, I guess I'm like... a little different. I'm one of those people. Like, <laughs> you're I studied the night before and then I wake up and I review the stuff in the morning and then I'm good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, some, well, a lot of people, when I was like, what, you know, not as uh, serious about it, is I would cram, cram, cram till like three sleep until right before I had to go to school and then go straight to school without reviewing anything. Nah. So your way sounds efficient too. Uh, <laughs> for real. Just yeah. anything's better than not doing anything. So what's the bit behind this question? Rich? Uh, did you have an answer? Yeah, for I got one. Oh, wait, actually, I was yeah, I didn't, yeah, fuck <laughs> me, right? Uh, no, nah, I actually, I had one this morning, actually. I had to get up and do some work, uh, install some software and stuff on some computers, some computers at work at like 3 a.m. So I've, it's been a long day for me. I think I had like two hours of sleep. Hmm after that so yeah sounds rough uh i actually have my own i guess a bit to contribute to it is and mine's way less serious than y'all's uh when i first lived i guess in my first apartment going to going to school with a couple of my friends uh 
we worked we went to school and then we worked at six flags all day like all day long so you know we never got to partake in normal like you know workday routines people that work in nine to fives and go to happy hour five or whatever we were really big fans of Steak and Shake at the time because they were the only thing open. Yeah, at Steak night. and Shake still hits. It's still it's pretty good. Uh, people yeah. be talking, but like for five bucks, it was the only thing. Uh, <laughs> it was the only thing open at the time that we got off work, so we were always a big fan of going. And we noticed one day that they had a, a sign that said Happy Hour from two to four p.m. Uh, for shakes, but it also was two to four a.m. for shakes. Hell yeah, so, <laughs> that's when you're there. So <laughs> like, we we would set our alarm <laughs> at like two in the morning to wake up and go to try this steak and shake and get some shakes and then go home and go to sleep <laughs> i like their burgers oh, they weren't too big so like you burgers the whole thing you, you were filled so yeah if, you, if you've never woken up at two in the morning to go eat some milkshakes like steak and shakes g- give think it about shot. it yeah try it <laughs> you might like it yeah. um but yeah the thing that inspired the whole i guess the whole question was you know last week uh the word got out through the heat camp that that uh oh. Before the yeah. 10 a.m. shoot around, Jimmy Butler showed up at at the practice facility at 3:30 in the morning and practiced the entire way all the way until uh and all the way until practice. Then practiced with the team for several few hours, setting the tone for the season. And so the next couple of practices, uh, other Heat players like Bam Adebayo joined him at 3:30 in the morning to practice and then practice all the way through. So they're just practicing eight hours a day over there in Miami. Nope. So they go nonstop. <laughs> That's wow. what kind of inspired it. So yeah, That's if there's crazy. anything that you guys are that dedicated to, all I heard was steak and shake. Yeah, <laughs> steak and shake, or wake up at 3 a.m. to go work. Nah, steak and shake. Steak and shake. <laughs> but yeah, if there's anything that you guys are that de- dedicated to, please let us know what it is. Last time you guys had an experience like that, yeah, uh, I'd be interested to see what the listeners do in there. Yeah, when they, when, when <laughs> when they wake up at three up. in the morning, yeah. post midnight happens. Hey, they say what a good happens man. after midnight. Right? Steak and shake was pretty good though. <laughs> but steak and shake was pretty good. <laughs> Awesome, awesome. If you have any tidbit you'd like uh, to share with Rich, send it to his uh, Twitter. That's at Rich underscore SRK. And he will feature it on the next show. So keep the messages coming. If you have any questions for us directly, send us a message to shotcallershow at gmail.com. Tweet us at shotcallershow. Send us a message on Instagram, the underscore shotcallers. Leave a comment in the section below if you're watching on YouTube. Like, comment, subscribe. You can even leave a question on the Apple Podcast review. Keep them coming. We're still at five stars. I put up two fives, five but that's still five stars. It's like hella stars right so now. So we appreciate those who have reviewed us. Yeah, keep it up, please. Oh. And uh, we'll want to do some more fan mail next week along with the, with the second half of the season previews. So mm-hmm. if you have any questions, definitely shoot them our way. Um, does anybody else have anything else for the for the for the fam out there? Mm, that's all I got for this week. I'm excited for next week. I'm excited for the start of the regular season. Uh, preseason, get, yeah. Watch that preseason basketball. If there's a clip that that you guys really liked or enjoyed, just send it to us so we can enjoy it with you. Give us your season predictions as well. Like, yeah, yeah. We're doing ours. We are going to be doing ours week uh, after next. soon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we'll have our, our season predictions, and then uh, once the season starts, we'll be off and rolling. It's coming quick, man. If anything changes, like if we want to add more episodes, we'll let you guys know ahead of time. So that way you can adjust your schedules. We'll do some little fun stuff here too. Like not not just episodes, you know, just some little some little more in Yeah, follow us on Instagram. Instagram is like the quickest way to upload YouTube a quick content. Video. Yeah. Uh, so we'll be obviously we'll attending some, some games. We'll be attending some games, so we'll 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 make sure to live chat. What is it called? Live stream. Live man. stream from there. Yeah. <laughs> I feel old. Live chat. Live chat. Okay, well, what? that's the end of this episode. <laughs> yeah, that's the end of this episode, guys. Until next time, I'm JV. I'm Rich. And I'm Hollywood Andre. <laughs> We're the Shot Callers. <laughs>